Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Sally Serves It Up podcast. Today, we're going to talk about taking a break from alcohol. I know that there's quite a few of people doing dry January, and so I wanted to share how I do things in a way that's going to be so much more supportive and kind of productive for you in the long term. First of all, I'm not really that keen on like the labels. It's great if they work for you, but dry January, sober October, it's just to me like it just feels a bit gimmicky and naff. And so I just don't have a lot of buy-in. And the problem with doing just these months without alcohol is that for many of us, they don't really speak to the problem. They don't give us the tools to understand our habits and how they work. And so at the end of the 30 days, whatever it is, if you've made it that far, most likely with willpower, you won't have changed the habits that you have started with. You might have reset your dopamine baseline a bit. You might have reset your desire just a bit by not rewarding it every time you want alcohol but you haven't made space to notice your thinking and to understand how the habit works. And without that, the brain will just want everything to eventually return back to normal. And so lasting change is very unlikely. I want to be clear. I don't care if you take a break or if you don't, I'm not saying one is better than the other. But if you do, I want you to know what I'm going to share with you today because it really could change everything for you because it certainly did for me. My drinking is still an evolving thing, but having these tools have enabled it to be that, have enabled it to be something that can evolve and not feel rigid and stuck. And I'm able to understand and reflect and decide and move forwards and honor my decisions when I make them. And it's been so amazing, like to be able to go to a dinner party and not drink in a way that feels easy and right is so beautiful, but also to be able to go to a dinner party and have decided not to drink for whatever reason and to find it challenging and hard, but to still honor my intention and to be able to process how I find it challenging. That is also very beautiful. And both of those things are incredibly empowering. They put the power back in your hands. As you reward your desires or even just drink for like the sake of it, because it's Christmas, it's a party, it's the holidays, it's whatever. As you keep giving your brain such a big dopamine hit in those moments, your brain will start to just naturally associate those things together. Like alcohol in this situation equals dopamine. And so you're going to start creating desire for it in advance, almost like default. That's when desire feels very strong because of the reward system in your body, because of how you are designed, because of dopamine and pleasure. Your brain is attaching a lot of importance to it. And you've practiced it over and over again in your adult life that this is just what you do. And it starts to feel a bit like Pavlov's dogs. Like for me, I know that it used to be like 6 p.m. comes around and the bell is ringing and the urge that I used to feel for alcohol was so overpowering and physical. Like I can just imagine it now. And your brain is doing, it's really important to remember this, that your brain is doing exactly what it was designed to do. 
which is to seek pleasure, to seek reward. But just so just know that it's normal. But that reward, that pleasure in that moment is often taking you further away from what you want in the long term. And it's what it's stopping you from doing, what it's stopping you from achieving. And the way to overcome it is to manage your mind, to focus on that, to focus on your thinking. And the action of taking a break from alcohol will be inevitable. And changing the habit will be a process that you have begun to make. So I'm resetting this year with a 50-day break from alcohol. I don't know why, but the number with, I think, a five just really clicks with me. So I decided 50 days. I think that means that I will be getting through half term without alcohol. And so that kind of appeals to me. And hopefully it will feel quite easy by then. And I'm doing it because I feel after Christmas that I want to take a break from alcohol. I could feel my dopamine. I could feel my reward system all starting to go back into old habits. And I just wanted to get control and to basically kind of show my brain, my dopamine, my desire, who's boss. And it's my goal with anything that you might say, consider a vice, like whether it's coffee or um or alcohol or sugar to always be able to kind of like switch it on and switch it off. So to be able to take 50 days off is not so that I can then become be like a sober person. It's just so that I can ensure that I am in control. And when I then build it back up again on the other side, I'm deciding what to do from a more neutral baseline. And then if I want to take another break, I can do that whenever it's like coffee. I want to be able to drink my coffee, which I have every day. But if I didn't have it one day, it not be a total emergency and disaster. It's all about being able. I love the feeling of being able to take it or leave it no matter what. So I'm going to explain how to pair these breaks with like from alcohol with understanding your mind better in order to change the habits so that you can experience and create a new relationship with alcohol that feels more controlled, that feels like it's totally on your terms, that you are deciding what you want it to be, and that you're able to follow through with those decisions. So if you're taking a break, here is what I recommend doing as a process. First of all is to get a piece of paper and write down your goal. List your reasons for why you have set that goal and why you want to achieve it. Always go a layer deeper if you can. So if you want to give your body a rest, ask yourself why. What might that mean about you? What might that mean about how you treat yourself and what you think you're worthy of? How can you understand your reasons in on a deeper level that really bring it back to you and your relationship with yourself. I think that can be very, very powerful. And you can have several reasons why you want to take a break. Just list them all, like list the full page. Some will be like, you know, heavier and juicier than others. But just keep asking yourself questions. Ask yourself why for as many of them as you can so that you get to kind of these root desires for yourself and why you want to take a break in a way that is compelling and will motivate you. And you've got like 20 reasons or 30 reasons even for 
as you progress and you can come back to one of those almost every day of your break. So from there, write and and make sure you've dated it, write down, like just get clear on a piece of paper with a pen and then write down a list of obstacles for when not drinking might be hard and then write down the solutions to each one of those. Like what can you think or remind yourself of in those moments or what can you do instead? How will you take care of yourself and think about all of that in advance? Expect to have the desire, expect to have the obstacles. It's so helpful because you're telling yourself and you're telling your brain um, that obstacles will be coming. And in doing that, you are just releasing so much of the judgment that you might be tempted to feel in the moment when you experience them. Like, oh God, why am I feeling this? This is this means everything's wrong. Why can't I get a handle on this? No. Obstacles are coming. Desire is coming. Urges are coming. It's going to be part of the process. And when you expect them and when you have solutions and strategies in advance of them, you are in a much stronger position to be curious and to move through them. When you have a social event, I suggest making a drinks plan. So write down how you're going to hydrate before. I think that's really important. And one, I know it sounds simple and it is simple, but you might also um, underestimate the power of it. If I am going to any kind of social event where I'm not going to be drinking, I have one of my electrolyte drinks, like at least a liter, probably half an hour before. And it just really makes a difference to how I feel, how I feel on my stomach, because generally I won't have just had like some huge meal. Um, And so I encourage you to make a drinks plan, incorporating how you're going to hydrate before and then how you're going to drink during give your brain instruction and decide a thought ahead of time that you can practice. So the thing is, it's like you could just write down and get a drink sparkling water, but there might be other options. So for me, I I would write like a liter of fizz before I get there, two glasses of non-alcoholic Prosecco, um, and then sparkling water. And, And just writing it down makes a difference because you feel kind of looked after, you've got a plan, you feel safer, you feel secure. And then notice when you have desire. So this is for if you're at that social event that I was just talking about, or if you're at home wanting a glass of wine, like you're experiencing any of the obstacles that that you've foreseen. So desire is a feeling. And our thoughts cause our feelings. So what are you thinking? What are you believing in the moment that is creating the feeling of desire in you, which is ultimately trying to drive you to consume the drink? And bringing awareness to what is causing your desire, what noticing it in the first place is so crucial in this process. I'll give you a few examples. Things that you could be thinking are, I deserve that. Today has been really intense. Why are my children so intense? That would make things better. One drink won't hurt. I don't know anyone here. And if you were to go a layer deeper, so say like with my children are so intense or I don't know anyone here and you ask yourself, why is that a problem? 
you might get to another level of understanding about your habit, about what's causing it. So if I'm thinking my children are so intense, or I don't know anyone here, and I ask myself, why is that a problem? I might get to the belief that I'm not enough. Not enough for these children, not enough for these people, or that the situation is not good enough, that I'm not good enough for it. And then I start to understand how I associate drinking with being enough, with enoughness, like in general, and how I think that a drink makes me more enough, or a drink numbs that feeling of feeling not enough. It's so powerful to know this, to understand the habit in this way. What is the thought that's causing the desire in you? And this will take time. It takes practice to really start to notice your thoughts in this way and to start to see how they create the habit that you have. And I like to imagine a little owl looking down, perching down, a wise owl, just watching me without judgment. And that person, that owl will give me the information I need, will be able to recognize the thoughts. They are the watcher of my thoughts, the watcher of my mind. And I imagine what they would extract from the situation. It will take time and it takes practice, but it's it's so, so helpful. And it's so good when you can do this because just bringing awareness to it, I have found, actually just deflates the intensity of that desire that you're feeling. If I'm thinking I deserve this, I like to counter that pretty quickly with what else do I deserve or what do I really deserve in this moment? And that looks often a lot more like self-care of some of some sort. And the more I start to do that, the more I start to poke holes in my brain's association and habits. And over time, the desire to have a drink as a solution to however I'm feeling really starts to begin to um, lessen. So notice your desire and start to understand it, start to think about what's causing it and become the watcher of your mind. It's so, so powerful and important that you start to connect the thought that is creating the feeling of urge and desire for alcohol in you that is then trying to drive you to consume that drink. The importance you're giving it, the narrative you're giving it, the narrative you're giving the situation that you're in, the celebration that you're in, just start to connect the dots in this really simple way. What thought is creating this feeling in me? And even if you then have um, like stress, you feel very stressed, that's how you recognize this urge in you for desire. It's like, what is causing the stress in that moment? And then there are two ways to go when you notice the desire you're experiencing during your break from alcohol. And they sort of need to happen at the same time, but it will be obviously a process as your brain becomes more aware and starts working in this way. But I will say it's just like going to the gym, like you'll get stronger and stronger at doing it this way and it becomes supernatural and just kind of the way that you think about things. So first of all, the first part is allowing that desire to exist within you without doing anything. You've noticed it. You've understood why you're thinking it, why you're feeling it. You've understood your habit better. You've understood what you are thinking that's creating it. You're being curious. 
And now you can interrupt that sort of think, feel, act cycle before the action. So you're feeling the urge, but before you take action, you're interrupting that cycle. And you're going to allow the desire to be there without reacting to it and having the drink. And to do this, you just start to bring attention to it, locate where it is in your body, acknowledge how it feels. Is it hard? Is it soft? Is it heavy? I like to think of like the edges of it. Is it edgy or rounded or pointy? And just take kind of your mind's eye there and then breathe into it. This will allow it to eventually move through you if you can just allow it to be there without judging it or thinking it shouldn't be there. You know why it's there because you've identified the thought that's created it. And now you can just allow it and not react. And that might seem a little woo. I remember I found this a bit like, okay, I'll just breathe into it. Thanks very much. This isn't yoga. But at the same time, it kind of is. And feelings come in waves of 90 seconds. They're not meant to be in your body forever. They're not meant to, you're not meant to experience the sensations that they create in your body for a very long, ongoing, like relentless time. And there's no magic pill for processing your feelings and emotions. You are the person, you are the body, you are the brain that is capable of doing that. And so it's not, it's about being able to sit with the discomfort of the desire or with the discomfort of any negative emotion and to not respond to it, not to react to it and being willing to feel that discomfort in the temporary moment for the sake of your long-term goals. And this will get easier over time as you become more practice in allowing negative emotion to be in your body, to breathe into it, to allow it to move through you so that you can continue to work towards your goals. It will become easier as you start to lessen the decrease the association that you think having a negative emotion within you means that something's wrong and that you need to make it go away. You don't need to make it go away. Everything's fine. Nothing has gone wrong. And the more you do it, the less it will happen, the less the desire will come up for that certain thing. And your brain will start to like look elsewhere. And it's and if you start to then give it other ways to have pleasure, you are increasing your likelihood of success with alcohol. So if you are having a really strong self-care routine where you do create pleasure, where you give yourself pleasure in one way or another, you will you are more likely to decrease the amount of desire that you have for, say, the alcohol over time. And the second thing to do when you've noticed your desire, this this thing that you're feeling, you understand what's causing it, the thinking and beliefs that you have. I then encourage you to think of alternative thoughts, of new beliefs that might better serve you in this moment. And if we come back to thoughts earlier, like, my children are so intense and I don't know anyone else here. And why is that a problem? And from there, you get to that root thought that you're not enough in some way. From there, you can start to do thought work that will help you come up with new alternative thoughts. Like, how much do you really believe that? What else do you believe about yourself? What else can you believe about yourself in this moment? What do you want to believe about yourself in this moment? 
What is possible in this moment? What else could you do? And how might you go about starting that transition to those new beliefs? The one thing to note is that you can also be trying to feel more of a positive emotion. So often we associate drinking with feeling less negative, less negative emotion, less stress, less anxiety, but also it can be to feel more happy, more excited, celebratory, or to feel like pride. And in those moments, I still like to just bring curiosity. I like to ask myself questions like, how is this moment perfect without a drink? How will, what will ultimately make me happiest right now? Do I believe that alcohol has the power to create emotion in me? Do I want to give alcohol the power over my emotional experience, good or bad? And it's all about being curious and starting to poke holes in the narrative you have given alcohol and have taught your brain over time and offering your brain the next best thought that will serve you, something you believe in. It doesn't need to be like, I believe 100% that I don't need alcohol in this moment. It can just be a bridge thought, like it's possible that I don't need to drink tonight. It's possible that I can sit with this emotion. It's possible that I don't want alcohol to be the thing that creates connection in my life. And that was a really compelling one for me because I think that one of the things for for drinkers, I know for myself, was that I really relied on alcohol as a connector, as a connecting point. And I know that I still can sometimes, especially when I'm around new people. But what I like to remind myself of in advance when I'm making my drinks plan, when I'm just being intentional and bringing awareness to it, is that I create connection. I just remind, I think that all the time. I create connection. I have the power to create connection. The liquid in my glass that I am consuming down my throat does not have the power to create connection. And I just find that a really compelling uh, thought and belief in the moment that really helps me in those social situations. So just think of the next best thought that will serve you, something that when you when you think it, it lowers the desire in and of itself and starts to teach your brain new behavior, new habit, because you don't have the drink that you wanted and you start to create new like neural pathways that your brain is going to practice more and more over time. I think this is a really beautiful starting point to start bringing awareness to your drinking, to your habit around alcohol, to your desire for alcohol as you take a break from it this month or whenever you might decide to take a break from it, even if it's just a week or two weeks. Giving yourself this structure and these tools can really start to change the habit so that it feels so much easier. And when you start to get in front of your brain in this way, when you acknowledge that your desire for alcohol is totally normal and the like the way that your brain is hardwired to seek pleasure, you start to feel empowered and free in a way that compels you to create a relationship with alcohol, which you love. Like you're no longer on the back foot. You are the artist. You are the designer. I used to look at one of my best friends who doesn't drink much and think that she was quite boring sometimes. She probably knows who she is. 
And this was years ago. I used to think, how does she do it? She must be resisting alcohol so much. I could never, never do that because my urge and desire for alcohol was so strong that I couldn't imagine that everyone else didn't feel how I felt. But what I didn't realize is that her desire for it was incredibly low. She wasn't resisting anything. And that made her life so much easier because she had she had different thoughts about alcohol that then led to different feelings, different actions, and different results. And the more that she taught her brain that, the more that it became just who she was and she embodied it. And she was able to act in a way that was in line with her intentions and with what she deeply wanted for herself in the long term, rather than just temporary pleasure in the moment. And I've got to say, as I've done this process, I now feel a lot more like her. Not always. Drinking is probably one of my top two like stickiest habits, but I can say that I do feel free of so much of the baggage around it. I feel like I can take it or leave it in any situation now and know that I've got my back. I can handle however I'm going to feel in that moment, whether it's totally empowered and like that not drinking is just not a problem in this moment or when it does feel a bit uncomfortable I know that I can handle it I know that I can process it because I've brought so much awareness to it over time and I know that I have evidence that everything will be okay that nothing goes wrong when I don't drink and after years of giving alcohol so much importance I feel so much better and lighter for knowing that I'm in control again, not with willpower or resistance, but by kind of this idea of being the artist of rewiring my brain and rewiring my dopamine baseline and my desire for alcohol. And doing that has, of course, impacted my weight, how I'm able to follow my protocol, how I feel in myself, my mood. I mean, that's a huge one for me. I can be Well, I used to be way moodier, but I'm a moody person. And the alcohol piece makes a massive difference to mood. So as you all know, so it's been a truly amazing, amazing thing for me to get to a place where it's take it or leave it. And I can be really conscious about what I want to drink, how much I want to drink, the alcohol that I truly enjoy the taste of, and just take it from there, knowing that I'm in control. And if you have any questions about this, I really encourage you to contact me because I have been there. I was like a self-proclaimed lush and alcohol is so much easier for me now. And I still enjoy it in this way, which feels exactly in line with what I ultimately want. And it's my hope for people who want to change their habit that they know it doesn't have to be so black and white. And that in this quite gray process, which can be slow and full of mistakes and learnings, you can create true habit change and love the way that you decide to drink. Okay, that's it for me. It for now from me. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon. Have a beautiful week, my friends. Bye.